0: I don't know should I call you a guest?
1: I don't know. I don't know. A, a well, guest today. We're not going to call, yeah, gonna call a him
0: a guest. We're going to call um this is this is going to be going forward one of our new hosts. Hello, so,
1: hello, you know, hello, 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 hello.
0: So Mia and Z will still be hosting of course <laughs> until you know they leave or whatever. But um but if you know if they ever leave i wanted to bring somebody on that can balance out the masculine energy (laughs) in the space so i am bringing on jonathan as a new host for our podcast we will be later on doing um introduction of Jonathan, and we can go from there. So, welcome to your for- first recording, hopefully of many of Marsha's play.
1: Like, <laughs> thank you, thank you. No, for real, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm excited to be here and be with y'all. um I'm excited to be with me and Z once they're back. Excited to be here with you, Diamond. Be with the folks out here in the listening audience and uh, be a part of this experience with Marsha's play. Been a fan yes. for a minute. You know, from the jump. So I'm excited to be at the table. Yes, today.
0: yes, yes, yes. Okay. I'm, so, I'm so excited because we have such amazing conversations when we talk. Um, mm-hmm. And you, we both are from the North Midwest.
1: Up South, Upper Mississippi. <laughs> the Upper. Okay. okay. My way of blue oh, yeah, so and sunflower county and such. Yes, 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 yes. That's what my people are so We have grow. so
0: much in common in that regard. <laughs> so we always mm-hmm. have, um, you know, great conversations in regards to how um, our experiences Definitely. growing up, and mm-hmm. then you know, we went to as as adults, we went to different spots. You're all the way out west. You're in yeah. Seattle. I'm all yep. the way in the south in Texas, and so it kind of get we, we we both when we have conversations, we are That's navigating two very very yeah experiences.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah.
0: yeah <laughs> I've yeah. been dealing with the two woke white liberals. <laughs>
1: But look, but look, let me tell you, because I'm from Milwaukee, born and raised, right? But then I lived in Madison, Wisconsin, which is very similar to Seattle and also an Isthmus. So when I came out here from, from Milwaukee, which is, you know, 40% black chocolate city. Uh, let me just shout out my, my city, 414. So coming out here, it was like going to Madison all over again. I said, Lord, y'all put me back on the Isthmus with these white folks. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, it's, it's it, yeah, I'm in the land of the whites out here. But yeah, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> tell them
0: just a little bit about yourself. Like what are, you know, what you about, what you're into, mm-hmm. some of your hobbies. You know, like we like you said, we, we know where you're from, we know what mm-hmm. you're about. So tell them mm-hmm.
1: a little bit more. Uh yeah, hobbies, interests. Listen, I love classy black films. Kind of grew up watching a lot of old, you know, old movies, even uh when they came out with the TCM stuff, a lot of Oscar Machou you know, uh, like stormy weather, all that kind of stuff. So that's, I'm a nerd for that. I'm a nerd. That's that's a little bit about me. I'm a a nerd. I'm a musical theater kid. Kind of grew up kind of, you know, hood, suburban adjacent, very culturally nationalist, anchored in my home, my church community, played soccer. Like I said, a little hood, suburban adjacent kind of upbringing. Um, Older parents. I just was around. I got a lot of chance to be around a lot of stuff as a kid. Uh, going to art school and stuff, but uh, later ended up in Madison, Wisconsin, where I was uh, over a decade uh, doing a lot of activisty stuff—stuff stuff you would expect in a white liberal college to- <laughs> college town—and um, then went back home, did some community work here. There landed out in Seattle, so um, somebody that grew up in the community. I came out when I was really young, about fourteen years old. So,
0: but you know, we got to ask you the customary. Oh yeah! Um, oh yeah! <laughs> the customary. When did you come into your truth, darling?
1: Oh, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, you know, growing up, I knew I was something, right? Like, but um, <laughs> to say the least, I knew something was up. But um, I you know, I don't think you know I came out as gay when I was fourteen. I was like, I'm queer. I'm gay. I'm a lesbian. I'm a something. I said to my mom, I said, I like girls, dot, dot. I said, I like boys, dot, 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 and girls. I I wrote a little letter to my mom. And she was like, oh no, she had a problem. But you know, we came around over time. But um, what's interesting is like, I had a couple boyfriends when I was in like middle school, high school, but it was more like, you know, friends. So I thought I was gay, but I also kind of liked them, right? So I was just like, this is weird, but not as a girl. So I didn't really have, you know, the language to articulate what was kind of going on. Internally, and I was so caught up as a kid between church and I, I play sports and stuff like that. So I was just kind of on the go all the time. I didn't really have much time to figure some things out outside of okay. I think I'm gay. Started sneaking to the gay bars and things. Yeah. Like that. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I knew. How uh, would you
0: speak? Oh, I know how I was. I because I would go to the club when it was a certain person at the door, and they would oh, let the young folks. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, how were
0: you getting in the club that young how old were you
1: oh um probably probably didn't start going to the clubs and stuff till i was like 16 17 probably like 17. Well, how did they, I let you like, they just let us in <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean but not but not every you know we couldn't go to like everyone there were certain ones like there especially if it was like a newer spot they just needed some bodies we didn't do it you know we weren't even drinking we would just go in sometimes we would you know smoke some weed go in get some juice, some water, and dance. And that's it. Stand right up. My friend one of my best friends used to stand right next to the speakers. <laughs> like a fool. But um but yeah and then catch the drag shows, you know, um at some of the clubs.
0: Was everybody in community together at that one bar? Because if you come to Houston, mm. they all are separate and segregated.
1: When I was younger, we used to go to this cafe that was by the gay bars. And that's really where we spent the bulk of the time. And it was only open from 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. for the bar crowd. So that was really where, you know, a lot of those relationships were built. And so, when, yeah, so when it came time to sneak into the bar, <laughs> we already had some folks that were were looking out. And uh, a lot of the, the drag queens that performed, a lot of queens that performed were trans women. And so, you know, those folks looked out, those women looked out for me, and I felt a connection but didn't have the you know the words to articulate what was going on and why i felt a connection i'm talking about after the show when we were all hanging out as well right um but yeah it wasn't until i was probably like um, probably like 05 or so when i started being more open about being trans and it was i wasn't uh i thought i was gonna have to i thought at that time i was gonna have to wait until my mom passed until i transitioned because she was very, uh, you know, really stuck on my gender expression, even though I had came out, you know, but her thing was like, why are you dressed like a boy? I was grateful that uh, I was able to transition and, uh, you know, while my mom was still around and have her receive me as Jonathan. Uh, you know, it, it, we had a little couple bumps, you know, but uh, she became one That's of my yeah. She, I, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't know later, you know, she told the church that, you know, I got a son now and, you know, with correct folks in my family, I think, you know, I mean, it was, you know, it was real. Cause she just spent over a decade saying, why are you dressed like a boy? So, <laughs> okay. So, you know, um, you know it, what it was, it was what it was. Right. So I'm grateful for that. And that was around like, Oh five. Wait, no, no, no. That was like 2010. Around that time, so um, yeah, it's about 2010. Yeah, but it was a, it was a, it was a journey, you know. Um, like I said, I came out kind of socially with friends, um, but then started medically transitioning and stuff around 2010, and uh, that was a trip to go from being visibly seen as queer all the time and being read as gay all the time, and that was my life for over a decade. To all of a sudden not being read. As gay or queer uh situationally, particularly just really mostly around white folks, because when I'm around black folks, they like yes, a little sugar somewhere. (laughs)
0: Right. (laughs) That is that is funny that you say that because I when I I gag sometimes when I engage with um when I see black trans men engage with cis people. A lot of times they will read them as men, but read them as gay men because whatever mm. it is, there's some kind of um softness that still resonates or something. It's some type of mannerisms that still resonate. Absolutely. Um and I, I see that sometimes as well in my own um in my own experience because and and sometimes I I feel like people do it intentionally so they are not fucking read as no cishead black man because, you know, that comes with its own layer of fucking um, bullshit. And I always wanted to hear, um, like, how do y'all navigate that space? Because, you know, with us, it may be you, you as a gay man, but to them, you still being read as a black, regular black man. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a trip, you know, it's a trip. You know, when I was in Madison, I mean, I started off on a very low dose of testosterone. So I wasn't even being read um, as a man uh, on a regular basis, even after starting HRT for a number of years on a regular basis. So when that started happening and I was still in Madison and it was still like a lot of white people around, I remember being like, Ooh, why are people being so mean to me? And then I looked in the mirror and said, Oh yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, that's what's up. You know, um, you know. Then I went back home, and uh, this is after my mom passed. And you know, the way that the way that black women in particular love on black men and love on black boys is is, is it's a different level um, than I would say that I experienced or observed uh, as someone who navigates as a black girl and a black woman in the world because they're looking at all this other stuff you're dealing with. Um, and you know, that comes with its own conversations around what power dynamics look like within the community and what power dynamics look like outside of the community. Because they're not the same. They are not. What we learn as black women, being raised as a black girl, black woman in the world, some of those things you learn can also be at, to, to survive in the world, to thrive in the world, can be the same things that can cause harm to you when you're being perceived and read as a black man in the world you know so you know growing up you know give
0: me some examples
1: well i think you know black black girls and black women are also always taught to defer i think those are things we're socialized to do uh whether that's you know particularly within i think all women are expected to defer to men and to you know uh um back down don't overshine somebody else the men and all these types of things that these messages that women and girls are sending particularly black women and girls and so a part of you know my growing up it was very empowering i was around a lot of empowering women you know that that black power generation of folks up north you know so they like you know you need to stand, you know speak your voice and don't let people talk over you and all that well if I exercise that some of those things (laughs) that I've had to do maybe even in the workforce as a black girl, as a black woman, I've had to, you know, speak up for myself and deal with all these different things about being called a bitch and all that kind of stuff. Well, if you enter those same spaces as a black man, people are like, why are you talking so loud? Why are you taking up all the space? Why are you, it doesn't translate (laughs) the same way or even, uh, you know, just even tone. There's a lot because, testo- you know, because testosterone does so much to your body. It lowers your voice, it changes your mind. You got to relearn how to be in your body, let alone how to deal with all the social, the new social norms and expectations and figure out how do you navigate those things with integrity. Right so it's not just the social structure says you should be like this and also not ignorant to say well that doesn't matter <laughs> cuz it does matter cuz your your life is on the line at the end of the day
0: I call it I call it coming um um walking into a new muzzle mm. because mm. I think that as a black man you come into a space where your muzzle is telling you I because of the stereotype of being criminal, scary, um, violent, um, all these stereotypes that comes with being a black man, how you come into spaces you it, it's like a muzzle that you have to do particularly in corporate spaces and academic spaces. it's a muzzle that you have to have like a like you got to be a little bit bridled. Because you don't want to see like the angry black person or the or the big burly man person, and da 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 da. But also, as if navigating from being a boy to uh, be growing up in the world as a boy to being mm-hmm. a woman, there's also a black woman. There's also a muzzle that you have right. to do in this sense of you know you you can't be because you're navigating this angry black woman space. You can't be. You know, you know, advocating for yourself can turn into oh, you're being a bitch. You mm-hmm. or uh, for for a trans woman, it is oh, that's your that's your man side coming out. That it that mm-hmm. is your um, you know, your your conditioned misogyny coming out because right. you were born a man and all that kind of stuff. Instead of it, when really, whether you're trans or or a cisgender um woman. We are all being policed in regards to how we are our own and how we're exactly. we have to self-advocate and we have more practice in self-advocating. So, yes, the white woman can be demure and blah, 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 blah she's not going to come up against some of the same things that we're coming up right. against. Right. Against. Because we come up against it so much. We have practice in standing up for ourselves. We have practice in saying, mm-hmm. "No, I'm not dealing with that nigga. Nigga, get the fuck out of here. We are not dealing with that <laughs> shit." <You gotta laughs> be- right, and
1: right, right, up. right.
0: But we got practice because if we let y'all just do what the fuck y'all want to do, y'all gonna wear us out. Y'all gonna right. right. pay us. Y'all gonna attack us. Y'all gonna uh, um I, be unfair. To I, us. Y'all gonna do something.
1: Yeah, I think I think th- I mean one that's 100. I think that's I think that's a lot harder for a lot of trans guys to do. Because of the, of the uh, you know how you taught to navigate the world. I think especially for folks who had to be adult black women before they transitioned for a number of years, because you you know you have, to, <laughs> you have to the world is dangerous, and so it's like it's 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 a whole. Um, I'm gonna send a link right now of uh, this book called Shifting. We used to read this. We read this book back in the day when I was in school in this uh, black women's health class. It's about all the shifting that black women have to. Well, focus on cis black women have to do around you know day to day just every day all this code switching all this stuff and it's so much stress and I hope that you know as we have these conversations but also as a community especially for black trans people that we have more of these conversations because we can't be it's already hard it's already stressful enough and you know for us to be able to uh, learn how to be Ourselves and be in community with each other as ourselves, and we can accept each other in a different paradigm around expectations around uh, uh, gender, too. Right. So it's like you know, if we know we around trans people, then don't be expect. Don't. Why are you jumping to the conclusion that you would as you would with a cis person? We move differently. Our bodies move differently. Our voices sound differently, right? So we should not even be trying to mimic that necessarily if we don't have to because that really is in response to these other social pressures and structures and you know you know does that make sense?
0: Totally makes sense to me. Totally makes sense <laughs> In the era that we are in now, everybody is trying to be extra woke. So they will jump the gun. Um, I think you were talking about before we started recording, you were talking about this current situation with Whoopi Goldberg. Can you explain that?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, So Whoopi Goldberg was on The View earlier last week and made a comment about how if you're not a woman, then you really have no place in this conversation about abortion. Now, I know what she meant was she was talking about cis women. And yes, there was an educational opportunity to say to Whoopi Goldberg, listen, not all women are the only women are folks dealing with reproductive choice as it comes to abortion. But apparently some people went off and came after Whoopi Goldberg and started calling her a turf, started calling her uh, you know, transphobic, and just really started berating her on the internet. Now, I don't know how much of it might have been trolls from another country, but like where folks were going in and it, and it really pissed me off because it, it was unnecessary. You know, it was unnecessary. And that's just a, a distraction from actually dealing with the issue at hand, which is they about to take away Roe v. Wade and a whole bunch of other stuff. And it doesn't help us to be able to fight what we need to fight. Instead, you're over here <laughs> distracted, fighting each other, you know, acting like um, plants. In my opinion, you know,
0: I, I agree. I think that it, it this, the stakes are too high right now. Exactly. Yes.
1: Come on. Now. Not saying
0: <laughs> that, you, um, that you, that you, that you, that wasn't a teachable moment, but yes, exactly. teach it and move on. We don't need the dragging part. Like, yeah. yo, no, 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 no,
1: There was no you teaching. Right. right. There was no teaching. It was just dragging. No. It went straight to drag. <laughs> straight to drag. <laughs>
0: say something um that you know and and i i've never heard whoopy in any kind of space not be on the side of the lgbt she actually exactly. has always in my, in my history growing up she's yeah. uh, to me always yeah. been um you know lgbt friendly always in in our corner so clearly based yeah. on her history yeah. th- this was yeah. um this is a moment where she could just be you lean into Whoopi, actually, it's a, you got to be a little bit more inclusive. It doesn't need to be, oh, you, I, you
1: Cancel can't, I, Whoopi I Goldberg. She's a turf. I'm like, hey, that's zero to seven million. <laughs> you can't cancel Whoopi Goldberg. Right. You can't cancel the EGOT. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Whoopi Goldberg. You can't. <laughs> uh, right, right. Yeah, she is uncancelable.
0: <laughs> just, just like y'all, just like the you know, when we talk about Dave Chappelle, there are certain people who are, are, are on a level mm-hmm. where you can't cancel them. Yes, hold them accountable. Yes, mm-hmm. do what you
1: listen. To and do. Dave Chappelle just trying to make some money. Dave Chappelle, like, oh y'all, re- y'all overreactionary. Okay, great, trans people, trans, 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 trans. Okay, because he like, come what, oh, oh, you, yo, you got a, an opinion? Well, watch my special on Netflix. <laughs> Okay, add to those streaming numbers. Thank you very much. And then have your opinion. So, you know, yeah, I, especially this last thing, not to get too off topic with Dave Chappelle, though, I was like, that's a stunt. That's not, this don't even seem genuine. It yeah. don't even, like, this not even... <laughs> yeah. This is about making some money. That's what that's about. Thanks. <laughs> so Whoopi, you
0: can't cancel Whoopi, but yeah, yes, yeah. if it's somebody who you know, like if since we're talking about the views, like say it was Elizabeth Hasselbeck back when she yes, was on yes, the show, yes, yes or yes, uh, yes. or Megan McCain,
1: um, McCain, <laughs> Megan McCain, my daddy, my father, my father, my father, <laughs> my father.
0: <laughs> Her,
1: yeah. more than that,
0: that slip up wasn't really. Because they don't include us, they don't want to fucking include us. So yes, read
1: her right. (laughs) And and you know what? And on top of that, how dare you say? Don't listen. And uh, yes, we need to get to a place where we say we center all AFAB people around this this situation when it comes to your body and you got a uterus and people telling you you got to bring a baby to term in your body and go through the trauma of that, and then also like carry it, which is traumatic and then actually give birth which is traumatic, which you might mess up your junk giving birth, or you might have to have a C-set, like, let's be wondering, right? This your body, somebody gonna chop you open, take out a baby, they gotta feed all that. It's not cute, you know? Um, and then particularly for trans folks, right? And for some masculine-centered people, even the thought of that, uh, it can bring up a lot of dysphoria. For some people because you know, you're like that that part of my body and <laughs> I'm not trying to go there, you know uh, Which is normal for a lot of folks, but um Dang, I forgot. What I was gonna say but oh yeah, I was gonna say really I don't think I think it's problematic to be like you should not center cisgender women in this conversation Huh? That's weird. That's weird to me. That's weird to me. I think we do need to get to a place <laughs> where we say we center AFAB people, but I also think it's weird because the majority of the AFAB people you're talking about center are cisgender women. I think it's weird to be like, don't do that. I think there's a way <laughs> that you can have a conversation that's not, that still affirming and empowering me to cisgender women because that is the bulk of the people you're talking about. That's weird to me. I think it's weird. And I, um, I don't think it's... uh I think it's problematic to be exclusionary, but I, I But I also think there's more nuance around the centering.
0: I can't say that. <laughs> there's a lot of times in the, I'm glad that you're here to say that because mm-hmm. I can't say that because, you know, where I'm, I'm positioned in this conversation, I cannot birth anything. <laughs> and so a lot of times, um, I'm like, mm, this I, because I can have my own opinion when I hear conversations and when I think, I can think about it, even though I don't birth something. I I can I I can actually think. And I have these kind of thoughts. Like I'm like, why wouldn't you? You know, right. not that it's don't want to um include trans men. Yes, we ex be inclusionary when in your in your conversation and understand that it it doesn't just affect men, but there are. It's just the the nature of how dysphoria works that more than likely we are not tra- not we. They are a lot of them are not trying to birth children because of you know what they're you know what they're yes. going to. So yes. this conversation is gonna be a lot of cisgender women who that is their goal or um or you know a majority of them that's gonna be their goal. Not all. Yeah. Of course,
1: I mean, not. but I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, trans people make up a small part of the population. So, like, even just numbers wise, right? So, out of all the AFAB people, <laughs> we talk about a smaller proportion, just even size wise. You know, it's like, you know, like, you know, I mean, you know, all, most AFAB trans people carry the same concern on their back as they did before they transition, which is the threat of sexual assault and rape. Mm-hmm. Period. Right. And like the threat of sexual assault and rape that could lead to an unwanted pregnancy. Period. That's that's what all most AFAD people worry about.
0: When you have such a big platform, be inclusive in your conversation, but also. Understand that who we talking about, the majority of people are going to be cisgender. That makes sense to me. Also, recently, somebody was trying to drag us, not us as in Marcia's Plate, but us as in. (laughs) Us as in trans women, but they were because we are led Ooh. by a trans um, um, by a black trans woman. They were they were trying to. It was a turf. You can go about. You can go to their page and make <laughs> it
1: like <Okay>. clear <laughs> right. um, to the point. They're turf. Tar- um,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what they were. Um, and so they were trying to. They were trying to make the point of why don't I hear trans women talking about this issue. Um you guys are women right why are you not talking about this issue and i say and i'm like first of all i can tell that you are not a that you are not a listener because anytime the abortion topic come up i talk about it because i have said multiple times that even though i can't birth Anything, because I ain't got no cootie cat to birth anything out of. (laughs) I still feel like this the 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 reproductive justice fight is a fight about having agency over your body, absolutely making having the ultimate have having the ultimate control and choice over what happens to your body, what you want to happen to your body. That is, I think that in that conversation, I have skin in the game in that conversation. Exactly through the lens of um having a baby but through the lens of I want to be able to do what I want with my body without you coming in Come on, telling now. me I can't do what I can't and what I cannot do with it and I know if you want if you will try it with cisgender women you definitely will try it with my um queer ass over here my queer black ass so I want to make sure that I am in solidarity not centered I don't need to be at the reproductive justice meeting right. unless they ask right. me fix coffee and do what I need to do to help them get whatever I need to do. I don't care so I'm
1: setting the coffee. Okay. All
0: right. Yeah. <laughs> if they need me to come fix coffee, yeah. pull the yeah. chairs out. I don't want to be centered in that conversation. I just want to be want people to know that I am in I am in solidarity with the people who right. this most negatively impacts. And so yeah. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Because I, my politics revolve around knowing who to center in, cer- in certain particular um, conversations. And so yeah. I was telling him, I was like, you clip them. I don't know if it was a man or if it's a woman. But um, I was telling them, like, yo, you know if you listen to me, you know <laughs> that has always been my stance for years. I have talked about this many, many, many times. And I was like, right. so you're trying to act like we're not talking about it. I, I'm i not centering myself. Am I going to retweet what somebody is saying? Yes. But I'm right. not going to be the most vocal person in a, so in a um, reproductive justice conversation. I feel like that would be me taking up too much space. That, right. that has nothing yeah. to do. You know what I'm saying? It has nothing to do with me. I am, I'm a A mad person. I am not the most impacted person in this conversation.
1: And and that's it, like you you said, yeah, about impact. Like, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful. I came up in student organizing and I came, I was able to be around a lot of students of color, queer students of color from around the country. Most of us going to predominantly white schools. You know, this is our only time. And a lot of how we focused those issues was the people impacted are the people that should be at the front of that issue and talking about what, you know, how that issue impacts them and what we should do about it and how we could turn that issue, you know, that problem into an issue and win a campaign to like make concrete improvements in the lives of people like yeah 100 diamond. 110 you know
0: and then on a simple ass scheduling level i'm like nigga first of all you don't know what the fuck we got going on i'm all the way in dc and your ass is fucking um you know you on fucking twitter worrying about fucking tweets get the fuck out of right. my face
1: right it's right. just right.
0: like talking they Started to having the um the opening arguments and stuff the week that you're talking about. I like we record on Sundays, motherfucker. We will, we don't this shit went out the Sunday <laughs> we asked for. So we couldn't talk about it. we're gonna talk about the next episode,
1: motherfucker. Because we, I got we that's record right. on calm, at ease, calm down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take a second, you know. But you
0: are- trying to
1: have a gotcha moment. Ah, exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. You're that's so not productive. That's why you're not worried
0: about reproductive justice. And no, you uh, are just trying to get
1: any little... Have a, have little, a moment. <laughs> and
0: this is not the gotcha moment that you think that this is. Like, you're
1: trying to exploit a situation. And that, that's that's the other piece of it, right? It's like, you out here trying to exploit a situation. you trying to exploit this situation about choice and, and people have been forced to give birth and go through the process of, you know, carrying a child to attack trans women, like, this don't even make sense.
0: And then when I go to your page, since you, since you fucking checking all the trans women tweets, <laughs> when I go to yes. your page, page is nothing but talking about trans women so you're not even talking about the issue that you are trying to get us to talk about because you are too busy trying to point out that trans women are not talking about it and why should we be we should be we are not the center of it we should be in support and in solidarity but we shouldn't be the main voices motherfucker
1: right right (laughs) you know um but, you know, to your point, just like the different inter- intersections around this issue, um, this article we're talking a little bit about by Amara Jones in the New York Times. She has an article that's, uh, yes, the article uh, focuses on uh, where, the re- where the pro-choice movement went wrong. It's an opt ed piece by Amara Jones. And so, but in the article, they talk about just like how they went wrong around focusing on row white women, cis women focusing on row and thinking that that was going to protect reproductive health. And a lot of black women were like, nah. But also in many ways, the movements are linked between uh, this uh, anti-choice movement and a lot of the anti-trans movement because it's a lot of the same people and the same tactics uh, being used um in terms of targeting uh, doctors who provide gender affirming care um they're using a lot of those similar tactics how they'd be outside with the posters and the and you know people being doxxed online and that kind of stuff um and so yeah there's a lot of it's a lot of links and then honestly the links around abortion that the reason they switched that used to be busing it's the same people who were going after busing and busing went out of favor for white suburban people because it seemed too um, uncomfortable of a topic. And so they shift to uh, to abortion and now they shift into trans folks. It's the same people because it's still connected to this right-wing white Christian nation. Let's go bomb the Middle East so Jesus can come back. People. You know what I'm saying? So like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Rick said, it's warming them. Yeah.
0: You know, those missionary tactics This is with, a
1: white Christian nation, people
0: Right, it is, it is White supremacy With a Christian mask on
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we got to make sure we got a lot of white babies And, and, and I'm the Other pieces with this, with this This issue is that they are Trying to create a permanent, in my opinion A permanent underclass Too, because, no, we want you to Have these babies because we want them to go to prison and be in prison in the middle of <laughs> these black babies be in the prison in the middle of nowhere you will be your state so the white people there got an economy to work at the prison where your cousins and stuff are at so you know this is a this is a um a, a bigger thing, and then how does that situate us as trans people within this system, which is really this is a bigger as black folks this is a really this is a bigger this is a bigger um, like as black trans folks like how are we positioned in this conversation around uh, a, a conversation around reproductive justice that is, is actually a bigger, broader conversation that's about what's actually happening, what we're seeing, what happened with this rise in white supremacy, with this rise in all this other white Christian nation randomness. Uh, because when it all trickles down, we still at the bottom, when the when stuff trickles down to target black people, as black trans people, we still are kind of caught, caught, lost in the sauce in that conversation. But... I guess my question was like how do we uh how do we get in how do we have this conversation on our terms you know uh within this bigger conversation around the situation I, yeah anyway, so that's my question that I'm pondering for yourself in the audience <laughs> for the
0: past week i've been in washington d c for the um LGBTQ leaders um conference that is thrown by Victory Institute, led by um, Anise Parker, who was our ex-mayor of Houston. Um, Okay, come on
1: Houston, come on Houston.
0: She was the first first open um, mayor, open LGBT mayor, gay mayor, um, for a major city, and so um, she has went on to become the president of the Victory Institute. And they really, their their work revolves around getting people who want to be politicians, who want to run for office, in a position to succeed wherever they are. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the statistics is that in order for us to have adequate representation, there's about a thousand LGBT um you know politicians that are active that that are that are holding seats about a thousand in order for us to have um an equal amount compared to our representation that that is equal equivalent to our representation of the population we need about 25,000 more politicians
1: wow Wow. across
0: the country and so we only have thousand a little bit less than a thousand and so in that conversation when we were having conversations in the in the space a lot of the panels that we were having they were talking about how they are actually funding anti-lgbt campaigns in other countries like um ghana and uganda Come on now.
1: who and who's and, who, and who's funding it who's funding it? the whites the, the right yeah the, the, white the, the, the right and the whites uh, just side note <laughs> and then people be like they're so homophobic in africa yes because they're being funded by these white people here <laughs> like what are you talking about
0: <laughs> right and so and and yes in certain spots yes you're gonna yeah. have that but yeah, we all exactly. know there's a nuance that as well because exactly. you know if we were they were talking when they talk when uh, when other countries talk about race in america it can mm. seem like uh all of america is um you know there's no kind of there's no Seattle's and San Francisco's.
1: Right. Like it's right, exactly. Places
0: of Mississippi. They don't give the kind of nuance that we know it is in this country. There's a big difference between, like, Texas. When you're in Texas, in a city in Texas, you're right. going to come across blue motherfuckers because every city right. in Texas is always blue. Right. Always blue. Right. right. But it's right. the rural areas that's red, red, yeah. red, red, red.
1: Listen, I, it's the same thing out here too. If you go east of the Cascade Mountains in Washington state, it's pretty much, you know, you run into a lot of like Trump territory, very red. So it's a similar thing where it's like, it's, I mean, it's nowhere as big as Texas except for California and Alaska. But, <laughs> you know, it's like you got your cities. And then, yeah, you're right. Like it's rural, it's everywhere else. You, you know, can play with the suburbs a little bit, but. You know, the United States is just, uh, you know, it's not really a nation, right? Because it's just like a whole bunch of people on this settler colony. And there's nothing that really unites us the way it does for most nations because they got something in common. (laughs) Like a common thread, a common history. You know, all we got is like myth. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like we got a lot of mythology, as you already know. You know, especially for us being from of uh, south people by way of Mississippi, by way of my alpha, by way of the continent, you know? So these folks out here, you know, who knows? But yeah, I'm I'm glad I don't live in uh, red territory. Shout out to the people that do, cause y'all are y'all the real MVPs. <laughs> cuz I know I had to skedaddle out of where I was from. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when you know better, you do better. I was like, I gotta go. <laughs>
0: We're on the front lines. That's that's how I justify it. We're on the front lines of the battle.
1: Okay. Okay. out here risking it all.
0: When I was in this space, um, at this political leaders LGBT leaders conference. Mm-hmm. There the
1: were a couple. said <laughs> uh, the Bougie gay conference, anyway. I'm,
0: I'm basically, <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, you know, I, you know, I had some friends there from back back in the day. So, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, but none it's of them transitioned. They all, yeah, they just gay. It
0: was quite interesting. <laughs> it was quite interesting. I'm glad. I'm glad I experienced it. But um, yeah, and I told myself I'm gonna come because I know that everybody was gonna be dressed in. Brown, navy, blue, and gray, <laughs> and and that was what I saw.
1: And is that I is that what happened?
0: <laughs> yeah, but I came in color, honey. I made sure I brought color.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Like, they
0: they had this panel that was um, it was it was called Beyond the Binary, and they were talking about um, you know, they had some you know, non-binary people who were on stage discussing them running for office as non-binary people. It was a couple of things that I, my, that I was ignorant about, like, that I might need a little, I might need to do some, like, checking up on, because I, I don't really understand that, and I need a little bit more um, like, education, like what? so I'm probably... It's some things. There's some concepts or situations in the non-binary experience that I kind of I, I I'm, I'm gonna have to run. I haven't had time because I just got home literally oh, home sure, before we. Sure. To yeah. yeah. I want to yeah. talk to some of my non-binary friends who allow me to, um, you know, mm. stumble mm-hmm. through conversations without judging me. Um, That's real. In in our yeah. personal conversations, because sometimes you need that, and so. Yeah. Um, but 100. in this situation. There was a situation where there was a uh, a guy on the panel, and his pronouns was he and him. He presented as a traditional black-looking male, dreads and all, um, identified as a guy. Well, no, no, identified as non-binary, which was for me a little bit confusing. For me, can you hear me now? Yep. Okay,
1: so yeah,
0: yeah, there was a guy on the panel, and that was if you look at him. Now I know we can't go always by gender expression, but if you look at him, you just would see a cisgender guy, and the pronouns were he him, mm-hmm. but he identified as non-binary.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I need that explained to me because I don't really understand
1: it. My understanding is non-binary is like anything outside of this conversation of I'm assigned this at birth and I identify this. It doesn't mean I don't identify. This. It could be any combination of things, I guess is my point. And I think and if that's the case, if that was understanding, then this person in that situation, that it would just be like, oh, they just any kind of combination. I don't know. But it wouldn't be like attached to I just, I don't know. I don't know if that's Getting at your thing,
0: yeah. I, I just, I would love to. I would. I, we, of course, they were on a panel with, in front of a bunch of people, so I didn't, you know, I didn't ask. I couldn't ask them their personal way, and they didn't really go into it other than they didn't. So they, they identify with he. They identify with being male. They identify with being. Um, they, their expression, their gender expression, was very traditional male suit tie. You know very traditional black male, and it just seems to me on the looking at them, and I know that's just expression, but I'm talking about when they talk about their identity and how they identify, it seemed to be aligned with a normal cisgender gay male and uh-huh but then they took on the mantle of non-binary and I'm like, I would love to ask them like, what is the, I don't know. Like, cause I always thought of non-binary as another, um, gender identity expression. And,
1: and so it's not an expression though. That's, I mean, I, that's the issue. It's like, no, the it.
0: expression is in, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have used expression. Uh, my bad. Uh, another gender identity, um, label, like, um woman is a gender identity label, um, like identity, not expression as in how, what clothes you wear, da, 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 da. I mean, the, the label, the actual term, another, it, that's what I should have said. The okay. non-binary is, it, it seemed to me in my understanding, just another identity term. Like I am a non-binary person because I don't ascribe to being a woman and I don't ascribe to being a man. I, excribe, I, excribe, I, I subscribe to being something outside of that or something in the middle, wherever you know wherever I fall. And so that's what I'm kind of like is, if it's not expression, like how you express yourself, then I will, under, I, will, I will want to ask him what makes the non-binary thing comfortable if you identify with he and him not and they didn't say he he him and they them because then I would understand it it was just he him and you present as a man and you identify with being a gay man where I, I didn't get where the non-binary thing was coming coming from and I didn't understand it
1: so I okay so I, for I'm gonna use my my I statement so okay so I I I use he him pronouns right I feel like I'm under this umbrella in a very intimate, personal way of non-binary. When I transitioned, it was like, I'm a transsexual, because <laughs> that's what we were using then. It was like gender, I, I identified as genderqueer before I transitioned. I feel like I identify as genderqueer now. So technically today, that's under that non-binary umbrella, but that's like an intimate, like my sense of being of who I am. I don't use they, them pronouns. You know, I use he, him pronouns mostly in public. Well, yeah, that's what I predominantly use. That's what's comfortable. But on an intimate level, no, I don't exclusively, I did. I don't really necessarily feel comfortable with the man identity to a certain extent I do, but like, you know, that's why I'm like, I'm genderqueer. Cause for me, my experience is that's how I rock. That is that. It's an intimate sense of who I am as a person and my sense of being in my gender identity that makes sense to me. But it's not necessarily something that always is translated externally, I guess.
0: Okay, that makes sense. I'm a visual person. So if I was and and I know this is inadequate, but this is just for me to
1: understand. No, you it. Like,
0: yeah. My you own get. category, my own mental thoughts. And my, anyway, so this you so get if we're, <laughs>
1: <You get it. laughs> we're talking
0: about what they're basically telling you by associating themselves with non binary, they're telling you that like if it was a spectrum. They're just really, really close to the typical cisgender male, but they're not exactly there. They're Mm. like a little bit Mm. over here. So say that non-binary, quote unquote, would be right in the middle. And we know that that's, you know, it could be various places. Um, But let's say just on a, just a visual, if I had a scale to look at, he would typically be right, really, really close to just being a a regular, regular cisgender gay male. But some of the things that... Some of the things that are expected to he he's expected to subscribe to with that particular label he doesn't feel comfortable with, so he likes to be something a little bit more over to the quote unquote left, like and um, quote unquote towards the middle. Okay, that's how I kind of how I visualize it, so, and and that kind of makes mm-hmm. sense because even when you were trying to explain it, he was. I'm just very and. I, I think what I'm having a problem with navigating is I'm just seeing a lot of people who are taking on labels just for the sake of taking the label and taking yes. up space and yes. getting yes. funding yes. and getting yes. 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 and getting yes. Yes. attention. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, and <laughs> I'm not thing. saying that everybody is doing this, but I just I be looking at people and I'm like, you just you just was talk about you was a lesbian last week and 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 you never identified with being trans but as soon as you as soon as you have an opportunity to get some funding for something oh you mm-hmm. trans now mm-hmm. eh, or non-binary
1: mm-hmm. and i mean uh, i yeah I'm, I'm gonna say yep and um <laughs> i think like it's weird it, it no i'm i'm a, i'm, a, I'm a thousand and bajillion ten percent agree that it's weird um In my life, work type-ish experience around this this community stuff before transitioning, kind of before all the money started coming, (laughs) like before there was LGBT nonprofit industrial complex on this level, before access to we were talking you know we had that conversation before before more people had access to even. Be on HRT to transition to surgeries, the, the pharmaceutical companies and the insurance companies got involved. And now we have a consumer product and Tumblr and all that in the social media. It's just like, I don't know, Diamond. Like, I feel nobody you know. was fucking with us before. Yeah, exactly. And me,
0: I see other things too. Like, I, I come from the generation, not generation, I come from, you know, content creator world. And so, I remember, let's I'm gonna talk about a specific person. Let's talk about B Scott. I remember early in B Scott's career when he was a small little YouTuber like me, or mm-hmm. in, go, growing mm-hmm. up, da, 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 or about to, about on the verge of blowing up. And people yeah. would be in his comments saying, Are you transgender? Are you trans? And he yeah. would be saying uh-huh. things yeah. like oh, I'm not no trans person. And and, and he would be saying it with so ne- much
1: negativity. Hey, like Diamond, he said, I remember. No, I remember.
0: He would be saying with so much vitriol, I'm not trans. I'm not one of them crazy people. I'm, I'm not. Me. I know I'm a I'm man. Me. I
1: know I'm this.
0: And it was so negative about it. Where it was like, I was happy as a trans person that he was expressing that there's a difference between what he is and what I am. I'm right. happy for it, but yeah. nigga, you getting, you going a little far with this motherfucking yeah. negativity. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. You being exactly. Exactly. You exactly. It's getting behind exactly. mm-hmm. YouTube. Humor. Like, you know, we're giving you the wrong. We're giving you the wrong. <laughs> <But damn>. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, you get kind of heavy handed with this vitriol yeah. when it comes yeah. to it yes. ain't that bad. Can think you trans, yeah, yeah girl. So, and so <laughs> then like, all of a sudden, when the situation happened with BET, yep, and you you want to get a coin and sue them,
1: I remember them
0: <laughs> money, now oh, all of a sudden you're transgender. Oh, now I understand that I'm. You know, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I well, first I was yeah. blind and now I see you, motherfucker. Yeah, you coming yeah. to your amazing grace? And now you see the coins and now, oh, I can sue y'all motherfuckers because you discriminated against me. And so, in in my mind, I be feeling like, yo, like, that was a circumstance that I was sitting back watching and peeping. Like, you motherfuckers weren't trying to be trans, now all of a sudden you are because you see us becoming popular.
1: I mean, that's, at the end of the day, that's 100% what is going on for some people. And think that this is a model. It's not a model. No, this is not a boom. Let me strike gold on this trans ride. <laughs> you know, what you know, what I'm saying like that's not what it is. But y'all could try it out here, and people do, and they and a lot of people do get hurt, um, kind of chasing the coin. You know, um, unfortunately. And then but, let's
0: let's talk about the flip side because there's another thing that binary trans people are getting on my nerves with. I, I see mm-hmm. them all the time doing this so once again these people um the these non-binary people was having this amazing um amazing panel they were killing it they were they uh, were killing it yeah this trans woman from this binary trans woman from the caribbean gets up to ask them a question and it really wasn't no fucking question it was her just griping that's what it felt like she got up there and was like I feel like you non-binary people are um are attacking us. I'm okay. Uh, like so one of them said, and they shouldn't have said this, but it was we kind of understood the, the, the dynamic. Um that gender they were they were trying to say that gender was a construct. Okay. But okay. they but the word the language that they used was we all know that gender isn't real. Oh but okay. they but but we all but we do know that gender is the real. But text. yeah y'all
1: know what was yeah that.
0: what they okay. mean is um, gender is, um, a, you know, a construct. Everybody has their own personal, you know, you know, expression of of that gender. So she was like, "Well, mm-hmm. for me as a trans person, I um I feel like non-binary people attack us and make it seem like we are the problem for being binary because we are comfortable. I'm comfortable. I'm a trans woman. I always wanted to be a woman, and da 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 da. da, da. And I feel like my gender is real. And just because you are um, uh, you know, in the middle or navigating a different space doesn't mean that my experience of my gender isn't real. And I'm a she basically was making it seem like herself was a victim. Now, while I was over at my table, I was getting annoyed. She was making me squirm because I felt like, you know, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm not always educated on certain things, but this is like one-on-one shit. And I'm looking at her like, yo, I'm like. You don't understand that you are the person who are privileged in this moment. In the moment that we are in right now, you are the one who the binary person. You are the person that is privileged because that is the norm. Being binary is the norm.
1: When what she said, what she expressed, that's a that literally does happen in like really aggressive ways in parts of our community. Now, is it in the majority of the community? Absolutely not. But if you are experiencing that, or live somewhere where it's a co- it's a concentrated thing that just is like very disruptive within the community, that's a, it, that's people. There's places around the country that's it's like that right now. Yeah, that's the real thing that is a thing. I, like I just it.
0: don't think that, that that should be put on every single non-binary conversation. Oh,
1: absolutely not. And that, like all said, that's not are the not space. Exactly. 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 You, some, yeah. like I, yeah.
0: I, you go on take any TikTok video of a binary trans woman, <laughs> you will see in the comments some type of binary attack. You I, it's not that I don't see it, it's that I don't see it to the majority for us to blanket every non-binary person oh, in that
1: yeah, one million percent. Yeah, one million percent. Yeah, yeah. I you know so it,
0: I, just, it was just annoying. It was yeah. annoying for me to hear it, and especially the way she framed it um yeah it wasn't it wasn't in the same sense it, wasn't, they, how, it they,
1: wasn't productive
0: it wasn't productive at all and it just made me so
1: uncomfortable <laughs> you were like <laughs> i feel like the place that you're coming from in your spirit does not come from a, <laughs> a place <laughs> yeah, but, and, <laughs> you just here to kick up some dust right now <laughs> right
0: yeah and you this and, and you
1: shit yeah really
0: you got Room for two questions and you
1: are one of them. Oh, okay. Okay. No, no. you could have sat down though <laughs> You could have yeah. said You could have easily said you know what after after that event She could have easily said hey I want to talk about this some more like that would have been a better use of her time if she was actually being 100 about that intent Because then it's like oh, let's you know, it's the conference Let's go have a drink or not have a drink at the bar, you know, do what you do the in-between conversations
0: Exactly. You know, uh, I don't know. Maybe y'all can chime in, audience, and tell me what y'all experience. If you are not, if you are a binary person, have you? Do you feel like you? You know, hashtag Marshall's Play. Do you feel like you are being attacked by being a bi- binary person? I feel that is a weird conversation because we are the privileged and the majority, and it feels yeah. like
1: I like, think I it know. happens more with AFAB people too, though. Honestly.
0: Yeah. So tell me what y'all think. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Let us know. Um, add us on Twitter, We especially on Twitter or um, on Instagram. Put it on a post or something. I think we're going to do a post about it. Um, let us know what you think. Do you feel like as a binary person you are attacked? And non-binary people, do you feel like... Um, As you break the binary or you and I don't think of it as breaking the binary. I think of it as expanding the binary. And the same thing goes with the conversation we were talking about with the guy. I was like and I've heard this conversation happening on other platforms. He with Queen and Jay talked about this on their episode, um, Mm -hmm. gender episode, because I feel like when i hear people talk about these things it is always the inadequate inadequacy of the word man and woman it is the rules it is the if we thought of these words as more expansive they actually would fit what they're talking about if we uh, we,
1: go ahead yeah because look language changes so quickly you know what i mean like like I said when I first started transit, I was like, oh, you know, I identify as genderqueer Don't nobody use genderqueer people don't even really use z, z pronouns It used to be okay transgender is an umbrella term for the entire community and Transsexual cross-dresser this that everybody genderqueer genderfuck. We're all under this umbrella of transgender Now we're in this conversation where people are talking about. Oh, it's trans folks and non-binary and It's like no, 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 no white people. You're not I'm not here for that with these white folks i'm just not here for it because that doesn't trickle down in the hood a lot of people's neighborhoods rural areas a lot of places you know um, a lot of that conversation stays stuck on the internet academic spaces nonprofit spaces and there have been times where people who fit under these umbrella term of what non-binary is supposed to mean and even for folks who fit under that category it doesn't you know those folks can be attacked too when people start weaponizing why people start weaponizing parts of their identity that overlap with me, that's where I'm just like, I got some got some issues with that. Because the word the language is really supposed to be a tool for us to get the shit done. It's not supposed to be something that we be beating over the head with people.
0: It's not supposed to be a thing.
1: <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. What you building? I know what you don't like. What you doing? What you doing? What you building on? Who who do you like? Fuck.
0: <laughs> what are you building? <laughs> facts and i think that is a good place to end mia and z will be back in our next recording i think we got an interview episode next week and so we hopeful we are hopeful that y'all will listen and so yeah we will see y'all next week all right all right all right bye (laughs) y'all That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye bye. You gonna say bye, Bye. Mia? Oh, bye, (laughs) y'all. Every little thing's gonna be alright Oh, don't you worry about a thing?